Chapter Nine of the Stowmarket Mystery or A Legacy of Hate by Lewis Tracy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Caroline. Chapter Nine, The Kokatana. Thinking aloud rather than addressing his companions, Brett began again the man must have had some place in which to change his clothes for he would not court attention by walking about in evening dress by broad daylight he met and spoke with ellen hume fraser that afternoon the result was unsatisfactory the stranger resolved to visit him again at night the night of the ball in a country village on such an occasion a swallow-tailed coat was a passe-partout as many gentry had come in from the surrounding district yes that is so broke in hume brett momentarily looked through him and the detective shook his head to deprecate any further interruption he could not enter mrs eastham's house for there everybody knew everybody else he could not enter the library of the hall because the footman was on duty for several hours is not that so he seemed to bite both men with the question yes they answered then he was compelled to hang about the avenue watching his opportunity his opportunity for what not to commit a murder he was unarmed or at any rate his implement was a haphazard choice selected on the spur of the moment he saw david hume leave the dance and watched his brief talk with the butler he correctly interpreted hume's preparations to await his cousin's arrival did hume's sleepiness suggest the crime and its probable explanation perhaps i cannot determine that point now assuredly it gave the opportunity to commit a theft something was stolen from the secretaire a bold rascal to force a drawer whilst another man was in the room did he fear the consequences if he were caught i think not he succeeded in his object and went off but before he reached the gates he saw miss leighton whom he did not know talking to the baronet he secreted himself until the baronet entered the park alone for some reason he made his presence known and walked with sir alan to the lawn outside the window still retaining in his hand the small knife used to prise open the lock there was a short and vehement dispute possibly the baronet guessed the object of this unexpected appearance there may have been a struggle then the knife was sent home with such singular skill that the victim fell without a word a groan to arouse attention the murderer made off down the avenue but he was far too cold-blooded to run away and encounter unforeseen dangers 
no he waited among the trees to ascertain what would happen when his victim was discovered and frame his plans accordingly it was then that he saw helen leighton and david hume as soon as the news of the murder spread abroad the dance broke up amidst the wandering crowd slowly dispersing in their carriages he could easily slip away unseen for the police of course were sure that david hume killed his cousin don't you see winter the inspector did not see you are making up a fine tale mr brett he said doggedly but i'm blessed if i can follow your reasoning no of course not eighteen months of settled conviction are not to be dispelled in an instant but accept my theory this man the guilty man must have resided in stowmarket for some hours if not days many people saw him he could not live in sleagill where even the village dogs would suspect him but the addle-headed police ready to handcuff david hume never thought of inquiring about strangers who came and went at stowmarket in those days stowmarket is a metropolis a wilderness of changeful beings to a country policeman it has a market day an occasional drunken man life is a whirl in stowmarket fortunately people have memories at that time you did not wear a beard hume no was the reply though i never told you that of course you told me many times did not your acquaintances fail to recognize you had not mrs capella to look twice at you before she knew you now winter start out ascertain in each hotel in the town if they had any strange guests about the period of the murder there is a remote chance that you may learn something describe mr hume without a beard and hint at a reward if information is forthcoming money quickens the agricultural intellect the detective doubting much obeyed hume asking if there was any reason why he should not drive back to sleagill for an hour before dinner was sarcastically advised to go a good deal further indeed the sight of that tiny typewritten slip had stirred brett to volcanic activity he tramped backwards and forwards enveloped in smoke once he halted and tore at the bell a waiter came go to my room number eleven and bring me a leather dressing-case marked r b run i give you twenty seconds after that you lose sixpence a second out of your tip he pulled out his watch the man dashed along the corridor much to the amazement of a passing chambermaid he returned bearing the bag in triumph seventeen seconds by the law of equity you are entitled to eighteen pence 
brett produced the money and led the gaping waiter out of the room promptly shutting the door on him he's a rum gentleman that said the waiter to the girl he must be to make you hurry in such a fashion why you wouldn't have gone faster for a free pint i consider that an impertinent observation with tilted nose the man turned and cannoned against hume here cried the latter run to the stables and get me a horse and trap if they are ready in two minutes i'll give you two shillings talk about making money gasped the waiter as he flew downstairs this is coining but by gum they are in a hurry brett unlocked his bag and took from it the book of newspaper cuttings ah he said after a rapid glance at his concluding notes i thought so here is what i wrote when the affair was fresh in mind why were no inquiries made at stowmarket to learn what if any strangers were in the town on new year's eve most minute investigations should be pursued with reference to margaret hume fraser's friends and associates has ferguson ever been asked if his master received any visitors on the day of the murder or during the preceding week if so who were they what is the precise purpose of the knife attached to the japanese sword it appears to be too small to be used as a dagger in any case the sword scabbard would be an unsuitable place to carry an auxiliary weapon to european ideas now i wonder if ferguson is still at the hall the other matters must wait winter returned about the same time as hume brett and the latter dressed for dinner and the adroit detective not to be beaten borrowed a dress suit from the landlord after telegraphing to london for his own clothes during the progress of the meal the little party scrupulously refrained from discussing business an excellent habit always insisted on by brett they had reached the stage of coffee and cigars when a waiter entered and whispered something to the police officer rabbit jack is here exclaimed winter capital tell him to wait when the servant had left brett detailed his proposed test he and hume would go into the hotel garden after donning overcoats and deerstalker hats for hume told him that both his cousin and he himself had worn that style of headgear they would stand with their faces hidden beneath the trees and winter was to bring the poacher towards them after asking him to pick out the man who most resembled the person he had seen standing in the avenue at beechcroft the test was most successful rabbit jack instantly selected hume it's either the chap itself or his dead spit 
was the poacher's dictum then he was cautioned to keep his own counsel as to the incident and he went away to get gloriously drunk on half a sovereign in the seclusion of the sitting-room winter related the outcome of his inquiries they were negative landlords and barmaids remembered a few commercial travellers by referring to old lodgers but they one and all united in the opinion that new year's eve was a most unlikely time for the hotels to contain casual visitors i'm afraid it would be a wild goose chase from the start opined winter obviously replied brett yet ten minutes ago you produced a man who actually watched the murderer for a considerable time that night whilst winter was searching his wits for a suitable argument the barrister continued where is ferguson now i can answer that exclaimed hume he is my father's butler when capella came to beechcroft the old man wrote and said he could not take orders from an italian it was like receiving instructions from a french cook so my father brought him to glantokin then your father must send him to london he may be very useful i understand he was very many years at beechcroft forty-six man and boy as he puts it write to-morrow and bring him to town he can stay at your hotel i will not keep him long just one conversation no more can you or your father tell me anything else about that sort i fear not admiral cunningham i guess i'm the authority there broke in winter i got to know all about it from mr okasaki and who pray is mr okasaki a japanese gentleman who came to ipswich to hear the first trial he was interested in the case owing to the curious fact that a murder in a little english village should be committed with such a weapon so he came down to listen to the evidence and by the way he took a barmaid back with him there was rather a sensation the japs are very enterprising what did he tell you about the sword the detective produced a notebook it is all here he said turning over the leaves a japanese samurai or gentleman in former days carried two swords one long blade for use against his enemies and a shorter one for committing suicide if he was beaten or disgraced the sword mr hume gave his cousin was a short one and the knife which accompanied it is called the kokatana or little sword as well as i could understand mr okasaki a jap uses this as a penknife and also as a queer sort of visiting-card if he slays an enemy he sticks the kokatana between the other fellow's ribs or into his ear and leaves it there an appc card in fact you always have some joke against the p c s growled the detective i never 
you have just made a most excellent one yourself please continue winter your researches are valuable that is all would you like to see the kokatana that killed sir alan yes where is it in the black museum at scotland yard i will take you there thank you by the way concerning this man okasaki supposing we should want any further information from him on this curious topic can you find him you say he indulged in some liaison with an ipswich girl so i assume he has not gone back to japan the last i heard of him was at that time some one told me that he was an independent gentleman noted for his art tastes the disappearance of the girl created a rare old row in ipswich make a note of him we may need his skilled assistance was there any special design on the kokatana it was ornamented in some way but i forget the pattern i can help you in that matter said hume i remember perfectly the handle of polished gun-metal bore a beautiful embossed design in gold and silver of a setting sun surmounted by clouds and two birds correct mr hume i recall it now said the detective the same thing appears on the handle of the sword brett ruminated silently on this fresh information like the other pieces in the puzzle it seemed to have no sort of connection with the cause of the crime why do you say setting sun how does one distinguish it from the rising sun in embossed or inlaid work he asked hume i do not know i only repeat alan's remark i gave the beastly thing to him because he became interested in japanese arms during his eastern tour you will recollect ah well that is a nice point for mr okasaki to settle if we chance to come across him don't forget winter i want to see that kokatana whom did you meet at sleagill hume the young man laughed helen of course any other person no i told her i might chance to drive out in that direction about five o'clock so dear me you were not at all certain by no means i am at your orders excellent then my orders are that you shall meet the young lady on every possible occasion you took her for a drive well uh, yes i did you do not leave me much to tell did she say anything of importance bearing upon our inquiry i mean nothing she had not quitted the rectory since we came away i asked her to pick up any village gossip about the people at the hall and let us know at the earliest moment if she regarded it as valuable in any way that was thoughtful of you a great deal may happen there at any moment a waiter knocked and entered he handed a letter to hume from nelly said david hastily 
he opened the envelope and perused a short note which he gave to brett it ran dearest i have just heard from jane our under-housemaid that mr capella is leaving the hall for london by an early train to-morrow jane walks out with mr capella's valet and is in tears tell mr brett i am going to help mrs eastham to select prize-books for the school treat to-morrow at eleven with love yours nelly who brought this note inquired hume from the waiter as he picked up pen and paper a man from sleagill sir any reply certainly tell him to wait in the tap-room at my expense he commenced to write any message he asked brett yes give miss leighton my compliments and say i regret to hear that jane is in tears ask her miss leighton to get jane to find out from the valet what train his master will travel by why because i will go by an earlier one if possible but what about me confound it i promised to meet miss leighton at eleven do so my dear fellow but come to town to-morrow evening winter and i may want you so the detective sent another telegram to detain that dress suit and hume seemed to have quickly conquered his disinclination to visit stowmarket End of chapter nine